Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. This morning, we're going to start a new series. Uh, I don't really have a name for it, so I'm just going to call it Outlook. Is that okay with everybody? And in this series, we're going to be examining uh, or learning to see. Learning to see. Today, we're going to start with learning to see Christ followed by learning to see yourself. And then we're going to embark on learning how to see the world. And then on the last Sunday of the series, we're going to uh, give vision on how we feel like as a church, we're going to accomplish these things. And then on that Sunday after service, we will be having a volunteer appreciation. So if you're a volunteer or if you've been thinking about volunteering, we want to see you after church and we'll have an appreciation. We'll have some food. And uh, we'll cast vision a little more for the new year. If you need a Bible, please raise your hand and we'll have someone bring you out a copy of Scripture. That is yours to keep if you would like it. We love the opportunity to give away Bibles. Um, And so today we're going to talk about how to see Christ. How to see Christ. Um, Admittedly, if you are a part of this planet or been a part of this planet, you realize that um, the world is difficult and complicated. We always can't put uh, systems and structures into nice, tidy little boxes and get a great understanding of what uh, we're supposed to be doing in this vast and big universe. Uh, I had a picture. Did those pictures come through this morning, Ron? I have a picture right up here real quick. I want to show it real quick. I'm not an astronomer or anything like that, but I was told that this is our galaxy. I don't know. It could just be somebody put this on Photoshop, but this is our galaxy. And it's a big, big place. How vast the universe is, and the Bible teaches us that God created all these things by speaking. He spoke in all these things came into existence. And so, I, like I said, I'm not an astronomer, but I see all these little dots on here. And someone told me those are, are stars, right? Did you learn that in school? Those are stars. Um, I didn't really pay attention in class. But uh, then I learned later on that our sun is just a star, right? And it got me to thinking this weekend. Uh, I started looking. I said, how big is our sun in relation to the earth? Anybody ever flew internationally? like maybe a 12-hour flight, 20-hour flight, and then you still hadn't made it all the way around the world? Like the world is really big and it's vast. Anybody ever had to walk really far, like a mile in the su- Texas summer heat? You know how far a mile is? Like the world is big, right? But we can fit 1.3 million planet Earths inside the sun. That's what they said on NASA. They could be lying to us because somebody told me the world was flat. NASA was lying. I don't know. If you're a flat earther, I'm sorry. Um, but then the universe is also created with 200 billion stars, and NASA put in parentheses or more. Like, they don't really know. Like, let's round it up, round it down. I don't know. About 200 billion stars, and that's in our solar system alone. And so 200 billion of these stars that our star, we can fit 1.3 million of our planets on the inside of it. You can say the universe is vast. You can say it's big. You can say it's expansive. You can say a lot of things about the universe. And 
we might not have all the answers, but God has given us certain answers of what we need to be doing here on earth. And I don't know about you, but when I go out and I look at the stars at night, we don't really see them well in the city, especially when you get outside the city and you just look up and you see the stars. I feel so small and insignificant. Right. Because it's really about perspective. It's really about perspective. I have this other picture here. And you can see this man. I don't know who he is. He could have photoshopped this as well. But as you see him standing on this mountain looking out at the, at, at the, at the solar system, he looks relatively big compared to the universe. Why? Because it's from his perspective. From his perspective. And perspective is everything. Perspective is really everything. And especially when we're going through our life and living in this confusing world, trying to figure it out. And we put a lot of weight on the things that we're passionate about. We put a lot of value on the things that we're passionate about. Watch this. We put a lot of value on whether we have a roof over our head or not. Where we live. We put a lot of passion into the place that we work. Well, some of us do. Some of you just say, I need another job. But we put a lot of passion into the place that we work because we, when we go in and we work eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, however many hours you work, and they give you a paycheck associated with that, that impacts where you live, what car you drive, uh, where you go to school, if your kids have clothes on their backs. And so that stuff is very, is, we're passionate about that. So a lot of times when people come after those things, our perspective is skewed because that's the most important thing. We put too much value on things sometimes. And then that's not even to deal with social issues that we have to consider, uh, politics, crime, homelessness, health care. Now, geopolitics, we just see that, you know, bombs are blowing up and we get on social media and we're mad because something happened and we shouldn't do this. And then you get a, you got a good friend and they disagree with you. And then you go back and forth with one another and you fight and, and you, and you say, you just, you just delete me on social media because I'm mad at you because our perspective is all messed up. We're on this tiny little rock floating around the sun another year, another year. And in light of all that, Time is relative. Think about it for a minute. Time is relative. Right? Like, when I was four years old, a year was a quarter of my life. Right? Remember when you were a kid, a year was a really long time. Mom and dad said, wait till next Christmas, I might give it to you. Oh, Lord, that might as well be forever. Right? And like Mr. Ray used to say, uh, life is like a, a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. And so our perspective of time and eternity and the vastness and the expanse of the universe, it gets messed up. And at the beginning of the year, like this year, we make plans, don't we? This year, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. The 20 pounds I gained last year. Right. This year, I'm going to start the business. This year, I'm going to get closer to God. This year, I'm going to start going to church. This year, I'm going to start. This year, I'm going to I'm going to embark on something new. And I just want to challenge us this year. That. We need to be concerned with the things that are eternal. You're going to make you use resolutions that you're going to break by February 2nd. Let me tell you, make 
resolutions that are eternal. Make up your mind that you are going to do the things that are necessary to get closer to God because after all this is gone, the Bible says our life is like a vapor. After all that is gone, what you did for God is the only thing that will remain. Now, I'm not saying, you know, sell the farm and, 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 and go live in the commune and under that stuff. But I'm saying evaluate your life in light of who Christ is. And when we start thinking in these terms, we start understanding what we really believe, what our theological perspective really is. And so on this trip around the sun, one more again, we want to do this year what has eternal significance. And so we're going to talk about the early church in Colossae. They were faced with some challenges. Their perspective, their perspective was clouded by the things that they had knew prior to coming to Christ. The church in Colossae was probably uh, 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 planted by a man named Epaphras. And he was uh, native to Colossae. But he had come alongside Paul, and Paul had gave him the gospel, and he planted the church there. And now Paul is in prison. Paul is in prison for something that he, well, he did do it. Well, he's roughly in prison because of the, for the sake of Christ. He's in prison. Talk about perspective. And so back then, you didn't just have like emails. And when you're in prison, you know, anybody got any family members is a collect call from Joey. Will you accept the call? He didn't have that. And so what they would do is when you wanted a letter, you would have to go and you would have to visit the prisoner or whoever. And then he would take the letter to the person. Right. And so this is a small uh, book of the Bible written as a letter from the Apostle Paul sitting in prison to deal with this heresy that was effective in the church. And so this church was a mixed church. There were Jews and Gentiles in the church. Uh, and they, 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 they were dealing with the understanding of who Christ was. Who Christ was. And I want to point this out this morning because I feel like in the church now, we have this mixed understanding of who Christ is. Who he is. And oftentimes what happens is like in Colossae, they believe certain things. And so they try to reconcile the things they already believe to Christ. They believe things like all matter is evil. And so if you are human, you are innately evil and God wouldn't. Well, uh, 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 Jesus was, was just one God and they worshiped angels and, and Jesus couldn't have been uh, uh, fully God if he came as a man. And so he had to be something different. And so they denied at the same time they denied his divinity. They divide his human. They denied his humanity. And so they didn't know really what he was. And so they started picking and choosing what they would believe. And their belief system. Was philosophic. Meaning the the way that they understood reality was skewed. The existence of Christ was skewed. Um, it was ritualistic. Because you had the Jews coming in and they had the Jewish rituals and you had the Gentiles coming in with their, with, with, with their polytheism and their rituals where they had the God of love, the God of music, the God of war and all these things that are coming together. And now they're having these ritualistic clashes in the church. They were worshiping angels and they also had this thing of asceticism where they would they, 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 they would deal with their bodies harshly. They would whip their bodies because they felt like matter was evil and I need to bring it under submission. Anybody have any of those things going on this New Year's? You're going to bring your body under submission? 
And so all these things were coming into place, and what it all equaled out to be is they had a low standard of what righteousness was. They said the gospel was just too easy. The Greek mind was that, 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 that Jesus couldn't be fully understood or any religious system couldn't be fully understood. And if you can understand it, there was no religion at all. And the gospel came through with simplicity that said that God so loved that he died. And so Paul needed to lean into this conversation. And so he wrote this letter. If you turn with me in your Bible to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, we'll start in verse 15 and we'll go down to verse 20. We could go the whole book. It's a really good book, and I, I really admonish you to read it in your time to see because this book is so Christological, meaning you learn so much about Christ reading the book of Colossians. And scholars will tell us that this was probably a poem that Paul wrote or was used as a poem in the early church. And we see that it starts with he. He being Jesus. It says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. If you underline stuff in your Bible, underline the word preeminent. For in all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Making peace by the blood of the cross. You turn your attention back to verse 15. He says, he is the image of the invisible God. Maybe you guys haven't noticed this or known this, but God is invisible. We can't see him. That's why it's sometimes hard to trust him. He's sometimes invisible, invisible in our circumstances. And just because he's invisible in our circumstances, we pretend that he's not there. Or sometimes when we don't want to obey him uh, or do the things that he's called us to do, we pretend he's not there. That's the, that's the tragedy or the, uh, that, that's the challenge of worshiping an invisible God. It would be much easier if I can just kneel before a statue or, or, or have a picture on the wall. Anybody got the picture of wall of, of, of Jesus when you were growing up and the eyes followed you around the room? You didn't want to sin in your big mama house because Jesus was looking at you. He's an invisible God. That does not mean he's not present. That just means he can't be seen with our senses. He actually exists outside of dimension that we can understand, but he's outside the dimension, but, 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 but he impacts this dimension. We're going to talk about that later this year. We're going to uh, do a series that the entire uh, church in the city of Austin is going to be doing. It's called uh, What's After ATX. And we're going to be talking about heaven and, and all the things that we don't often talk about in the church. What is going to be like uh, uh, according to scripture? Uh, 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 what, what is hell? Uh, what are angels? We're going to talk about all this stuff during this series. It's going to be a six to eight week series. And we're going to do an evangelistic thing around it. And uh, we're, we're, we're trusting God that uh, we, you're going to invite your friends who want to know more about our Christian faith. Because there's hope after death. And that's when we will see God. 
will see Jesus face to face. And so he is the invisible God. And so since he's invisible, God had to send what the Bible says. This word here is, is the image is actually icon. E-I-K-O-N is where we get the word icon from. He's the image of God. He's the express image of God. If God were to take a selfie, you'd see a picture of Jesus. He matched his character. He matched his divinity. He is God. And so this was a blow in the face of the heresies and the heretics that were coming into the church saying Jesus was less than God. And baby, you experience people right now that say he was a prophet, he was a great man, he, has, he had it going on, but he wasn't God. And maybe some people say it says nowhere in the Bible Jesus, Jesus is God. Well, he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. This does not necessarily mean that he was created as much as it means that he is preeminent over all creation. Just like just like the Bible says that Israel was the firstborn. It was a position of authority. And so when the Jewish mind would have read this, they would have understood that he is preeminent over all things. He's preeminent over all things. It says for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Watch this, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. This would have been an homage to the demonic world. We don't talk about demons no more. We don't talk about that no more. We're we, we too sophisticated for that. We got to understand that God lives in a hidden world. It's hidden to our eyes. The Old Testament, they didn't have no problem believing in angels because one would come in and wipe out a whole city. But now we're so sophisticated. I, I, I love my, 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 my friends from, from, from Africa. You, you often talk about like demonic stuff and they be like, oh, they don't play with it. They'll let you know quick, fast, in a hurry. Listen, don't play with that stuff. But we're so intellectual that that stuff really, that, 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 that's, just, that's just epilepsy. That, 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 there's nothing behind that. Oh, oh, oh that, that's just, no, 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 no. There are demons. There's a hidden world. There's demons. There's angels. And this is what he's saying because they were worshiping angels. He was saying, listen, why y'all worshiping angels when, God, when Jesus created all of these things? You're putting your faith in the wrong thing. There may be some people in the room right now. I hope not. But if you are, and if you listen on the podcast, if it ever makes it out to the Internet, that you worship ancestors. And you try to bring that into the kingdom and say, well, you know, I'm just praying to my great-grandma. Don't pray to your great-grandma. She can't do nothing for you. She can't do nothing for you. Since all things were created through him and for him, and we're going to pause here for a second, they were created through him and for him. Are we a part of creation? So if we're created, if we're a part of creation and we're created through him and for him, then we have some stuff to do. This is not just about getting saved and punching your ticket to heaven and getting on that glory train and see you in the by and by and all those great songs that, that got some folks through, but it's timed out for some of those songs. What is Christ calling you to do right here, right now? Because tomorrow is not promised. What is he asking you to do? And I say asking nicely. 
I'm talking about the same Jesus that spoke the universe into existence. I can't even start a fire without a, without a uh, lighter. He created the sun and billions of them. I don't know how many planets. And they orbit, and the Bible teaches us that he keeps all that stuff where it's supposed to be. Did you realize that if the earth were to go just a little bit closer to the sun, we all be dead? And if it were to go just a little bit further outside of its orbit, we'd be all dead. And he holds it perfectly together is what the Bible teaches us. I don't know why he created us. I, don't, I really don't know why he created me. I can tell you that right now. I don't know. Why would you create something as depraved and just sinful as me? But he did it. And the scripture tells us he loves us. And we were created through him and for him. We so liberated. Land of the free, home of the brave. You know, we, 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 we're Americans. We're so independent. We have no idea what it is like to, because we never had a king or a queen. Right? That we are supposed to be subject to. Some of us, we, we even think that we're, we're the icons. We're God's gift to whatever. And God is calling us to, listen, here we go. I'm going to get to my point. He's calling us to see Christ with the rest of our life. To see Christ with the rest of our life. To see Christ in all that you do. In your suffering, in your circumstance, on your job, where you go, where your feet tread, you're supposed to see Christ in that. We're supposed to be waking up in the morning and saying, God, what's my marching orders today? What should I be doing with my life today? We make plans and say, God, you can come along with this because, God, I got some good stuff on, uh, uh, working out. I'm going to apply here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to run these errands. I'm going to do this. And how many of us wake up in the morning and say, God, what would you have me to do today? God, while I'm here in this gas station, uh, finna pay for my gas, or some of the pipe at the pump, but I go in now because they be messing with your card at the thing. And so I go in now, and I go in. God, what would you have me to say to this person right here, right now? But we so busy, we just want to get in and get out. We don't want to have a conversation with nobody. And I guarantee you, if you are willing to be who Christ created you to be, which is to bring him glory in the spaces that you're in, you will see people's lives change around you. I don't do this to boast or brag on myself or anything like that. I went out to, did I share the story already? I went out to lunch a few, uh, uh, dinner a few weeks ago, or maybe a month ago. You know, I, I'm bad with time. And so I was sitting there. And I, my, my buddy introduced me to this. And so when, before we pray for the food, I'll talk to the waitress or the waiter and I say, hey, we're about to bless our food. Is there anything I can pray for you for? Right. And most of the time people are like, oh, you can just, just, just pray for me, anything. Blah, blah, blah. But there's been some occasions where this one lady, she was sitting there. She said, um, actually, I'm about to lose my job because I'm living with my roommates and they, uh, they watch my kids at night and I watch their kids in the daytime and they got to move out now and I got to find childcare." Well, let me pray for you about that. Let me pray for you about that. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to go back up to Chili's and, and, and see if she's still there. 
But do you know there was tears in her eyes when she said that you would that you would take that time out of your day to pray for me? We don't we we we, we don't want to do that. People gonna think I'm crazy. All they can say is no. No, sorry, no. <laughs> All they can say is no. No, thank you, sir. Y'all know I'm country. He, Jesus is what's seen in the unseen world. He gives us eyes to see through his life. So how do we see the life of Jesus? Now we get into the brass tacks of it. How do we see through the life of Jesus? First off, we got to get in his word. You mean I got to read the Bible now? You really mean I got to read the Bible now? Yes, you got to read the Bible. Why? Because 17 says, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. Are you a part of the church? Should you not understand what the head of the body is doing or has done or would like for you to do? I know y'all come here to see my beautiful face every Sunday, but listen, I'm not the head of the church. He is the head of the church. He's saying, don't bring all this stuff. This is what Paul's basically saying. Don't bring all this other stuff in there, in here, with your ideas, and, and, and this is the way this should go, and this is the way that should go. You know, I often, I, I often see conflict, and I'm like, man, Christians do, know how, do not know how to reconcile conflict. We just don't. We just do not. Because we're so high on ourselves. We think we're the icon. We think we're the center of the universe. And somebody came at me sideways. And do you not understand? If you come at me sideways, who I am? I'm Dorothy's son. <laughs> really? When the scripture tells us, if you are bringing your gift to the altar, and you remember somebody has something against you, leave your stuff there and go. Get it right with that person, then come back and, and give your sacrifice. You know, I was talking to Jay Baker yesterday. That's why it's good to have preacher friends, because sometimes they give you stuff. And I'm, I'm taking this from Jay Baker. Jay Baker gave this illustration, and I, I found it beautiful. I never thought about it like this before. But you're walking. You're outside the city. You walk to the temple. Let's say, I don't know, we talked about the Texas Mile. I'm sure it was pretty hot in Palestine, wherever they were. Listen, you walk a mile in the Texas heat. You get there, and you remember somebody got something against you. Listen, Lord, you just go take the sacrifice this week. Next week, I'm going to get it right, right? A mile minimum. You leave your gift at the altar. You go back a mile, or maybe two miles. Maybe your friend lived two miles from the temple. You get it right with your friend. Then you come back two more miles to give your worship. My car broke down. I ain't going to church. <laughs> Jesus is training us to go the extra mile. He says, as a Roman soldier comes up to you and tells you to carry his back for one mile, which was obligated by the law, you go the second mile. That's how you see Christ in all that you do. You on your job, supervisor tell you to do something, and you have it in your power to do more, you just going to do, that's all they pay you to do. 
and wonder why you ain't getting promoted. You in a relationship and that relationship ain't going the way that you wanted to go. Y'all were boo things six months ago and now y'all can't stand each other. Are you going the second mile in the relationship? Or should they just, just, just appreciate you because you brought them along for the mile, on the ride for six months? Or you've been married 10 years and you don't put, I've been working 10 years on this relationship and I, you ain't going to tell, I, I want a divorce. I forgot, you the center of the universe. Don't nobody flick me off, that gets me so hot, flick me off on 35. Person you'll never see again in your life, you hot, you ready to fight. I know I'm lying. I know I'm not talking about y'all. Somebody got an attitude at the drive-thru. You lost your religion. Listen, guys, I'm joking, but listen, it's time for the church to be the church. It's time for the church to start manifesting and being the icon of Christ. We said this before. We are conduits of what God, listen, electricity can't get through those things without the conduit. Listen, people will not see God. They will not see the invisible God unless they see you exemplifying the invisible God. Why should I give up all the stuff that I'm doing, the sex, drugs, the rock and roll, the, 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 the living crazy? Why should I give up all this stuff all this stuff is to serve the God that you serve and you look miserable. And the Bible tells us we got the power to do it. Because we serve the God who put all that up yonder together. And not only do we serve him, he said he's going to send another one just like him to dwell on the inside of us and empower us to live right. But we want to lead like lions. We want to come in like the lion of Judah, and he's telling us to be lambs. Because he was a lamb led to the slaughter. He had every right to stand on his rights. He had every right to stand on, sit on his high horse. They could have came at him about, sin, uh, about the sins of the world, and he could have spoke, and every one of them been annihilated. But yet he humbled himself. He thought it not robbery, being one with God to lower, to lower himself, to be like us. The Bible said for a little while he made himself a little lower than the angels. Listen, he created the angels, but he made himself a little lower than the angels. Just for a little while so that he can get you. Because he loves us that much. And because he loves us that much, we need to put him in our gaze. We need to keep him before us. I talked about your boot thing a while ago. When you first got your boot thing, sorry, your girlfriend or your boyfriend boot thing. <laughs> I forget I got to translate sometimes. You first got your boot thing, you on the phone all night long. You sleepy? No, I'm not sleepy. I'm just, I'm just. Y'all got FaceTime now. Y'all kids got FaceTime. That would have blew out my eyes on FaceTime. You want to sleep? Your eyes is closed. <laughs> Mama coming there, man, you had my line tied up all night long. What if somebody would have been in the hospital? <laughs> Y'all kids don't know our pain. <laughs> but you kept them before you. Walking down the hall at school holding hands. You walk, 
You walk to the other side of the school to go pick her up in her locker to walk her to her next class. You running to your class so you don't be late. <laughs> Rose, what you laughing at? Anybody? Anybody? Quote LL Cool J songs to her. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stay at the wall. <laughs> Get back to the Bible, Sean. These people are getting lost. Let's make 2020 a year of worship. Where we see him high and lifted up. We see him who he is. He was not just some prophet. If you want to believe that, you should be a, you should be a Muslim. If you want to believe that he's just another angel and not deity, you should join some other religion. If you think he sh- you should treat Jesus like, like you treat the salad bar, I want a little bit of this, I want a little bit of this, I want to believe a little bit of this, I want to believe a little bit of this. Oh, Jesus was cool about this. Create your own religion. But if he's Lord of all, if he's God, if he's the preeminent we need to act like it. We need to act like it. I think some of us, we don't want to be that, that, that Christian. You know that, that Christian? Ned Flanders on The Simpsons. Heidi ho, neighbor. We don't want to be that. You don't have to be that. Be you with God before you. Seek God in all our life situations. I'm going to give you two things and we'll go home. In order for us to seek God in all of our life situations, first, we need to recognize the significance of who he is. This is what we're doing today. We're recognizing the significance of who he is. He is Lord of all or he's Lord at not at all. Either he's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And until we can recognize our depravity, we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week. Until we can recognize our depravity and our propensity to not want to follow Christ. The Bible teaches us that our flesh, our sinful nature is extremely hostile towards God. It does not want to fight uh, to, 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 to know God. It doesn't want to go the extra mile with God. And so what it would rather do is it would rather just bag away. And so we have this war going on in the inside of us. Until we can recognize there's a war going on in the inside of us and that he is significant, we won't fight the war. And second, when we realize that our significance is only found in Christ. Our significance is... It's only found in Christ. I don't care how many zeros you got on your salary. I don't care how many uh, letters you got after your name. MD, DD, TD, PhD. If you're a believer, your significance is only found in Christ. And when that happens... When we realize our significance is only found in Christ, listen, we'll stop living our life for the approval of others. A lot of us, that's our problem. We do all the stuff we do because we want to fit in. But we were born to stand out. 
We were born to go against the grain. Listen, the Christian walk will be lonely at times because the crowd won't follow. You'll be convicted about something in your heart and you're like, I'm going to stand on this because the wisdom of the crowd does not mean the will of God. So what do we have before our eyes? What do we have before our eyes? So for the next few moments, as we reflect. I want you to think about something. What are the things in your life that are keeping you from seeing Jesus? What are the things in your life that keep you from seeing Jesus? I noticed something a while ago. Everybody can see that? That's a penny. Insignificant, right? Like some people, you see penny, you walk right past it, don't even pick it up off the ground. And, and it, it, my time is worth more than me leaning over and pick up that penny. Some people, we, we would say that, right? Small, insignificant, not worth much. Somebody says, shoot, a penny's a penny. We pitch them in fountains. We... Some of y'all petty, y'all go pay y'all bills with pennies. I ain't going to talk about that, though. <laughs> but if you took this penny and you put it right up in front of your eye, it can block out the whole galaxy. Look up in the sky. Close his eye. Do that. You can't see nothing. Because of the proximity, the perspective that it gives off. So something this insignificant can keep you from seeing something vast and something great. Some of us have specks in our eye. That's keeping us from seeing Christ the way that he needs to be seen. And so we need to evaluate for the next few moments, just evaluate, what is that before your eye that's keeping you from seeing God? Is it worry and anxiety over your job? Is it a bad relationship? Is it a blind spot that shouldn't be a blind spot anymore because somebody done told you about it before, but you didn't want to listen to them? Is it This is the way my mama was. This is the way I'm going to be. This is the way my mama believed. This is the way I'm going to believe. What is it? What is it? And so as you identify those things, I want you to just pray to God about it. Right here, right now. It don't take a whole lot of fuss. It don't take a whole lot of running around the sanctuary and us rubbing you down with oil. And it don't take all that. Unless you really need it, be real. You and God right now, you and God right now, God, I repent. I've hidden from you. I've run away from you, God. I haven't even been praying to you, God, because I'm so scared that you're going to bring this thing up. And I've made an idol out of this thing. I've made this thing bigger than you. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.